0: all right make sure i got my notes here because this i want this this is a special one for me here and i I say that a lot i a lot of my interviews i'm like there's a special one here there's a special one here but i mean this one (laughs) 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 right you know the thing is we speak to a lot of rappers and you know we do have an up-and-coming rapper that's also there um, here with us today as well. But with the guest that I have here, I I love to speak to people who are behind the scenes. Okay, the movers and shakers, the the the, the backbone of the way, the reason why things are in the front. <laughs> you see what I did right there. <laughs> yeah. right. So, with no further ado, I have. The founder of the all women showcase um, workshop um, safe space for women artists who are coming up in the Canadian music scene as well as worldwide. Okay. We have the founder of Honey Jam. (laughs) FemFat. Ebony Rowe in the building. And we also have Vila also in the building, okay. And we have the Honey Jam that's coming up. And can you give us the dates as far as the whole weekend? Because it's not just one day now, right?
1: Well, Honey Jam, the artist development program. Well, first of all, thank you for having us. Oh, thank you. And for a through. shout out to all everyone in your audience. Um, really uh, happy to be here and grateful for the opportunity to promote what we do. Thank you. Um, so Honey Jam is an artist development program, and we do events throughout the year, uh, songwriting cams, vocal and performance workshops, industry workshops um, about publishing management, um, all different parts of the industry.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then everything culminates with the big concert. So this year is our 27th annual concert. Because we started eh? in 1995. Yeah. And uh, so we're super excited about that. And when we first started out, it was specifically related to hip-hop. So most of the artists were hip-hop and R&B. I would say it was maybe... hip hop and 20% Mm R&B in the very early days, because we came out as kind of a response to a lot of the misogyny that was taking place. And we wanted to give women a platform. So there were female DJs, graph artists, beatboxers, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then as we evolved and especially after Nelly Furtado (laughs) did Honey Jam, then the floodgates opened and we had all different cultures and all different genres of music. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now like this year we have one hip hop artist who is the lovely and talented, tiny, but mighty Villa. <laughs> yes. yeah. But uh, hip hop is at our core, at our heart and uh, DJ Mel Boogie has been our DJ for 27 years so she's always there, yeah. And
0: um, so, yeah, it's good to come home to our roots. And you mentioned Mel Bookie. I was watching back some stuff yesterday. Were you? Was Honey Chan the first stage that Mel Bookie ever graced? Probably I think she made in that
1: biggest stage. Um, it, it, it's definitely possible. It's definitely possible. Yeah, because there weren't a lot of there wasn't a lot of work. For female DJs, and you know, they were doing it for the love mm-hmm. um, of it, so there weren't a lot of opportunities. And we started an event after Honey Jam. We started a female DJ event called Women on Wax.
0: Wow, I right? That, that featured
1: a lot of uh, female DJs. So, yeah,
0: no, that's dope. Mel's and an OG. <laughs> yeah, 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 and and, and also alumni of, on We Love Hip Hop podcast. Absolutely, yeah. And and Vila, like, how does it feel like? You must be a little bit nervous going into Honey Jam this year being the only hip hop act, no?
2: Yes, um, (laughs) definitely. Especially because I felt that I was different from everyone. But Mm -hmm. I like that I was different. I like that I was able to stand out the way i was and Mm -hmm. especially because i do love hip-hop and that (coughs) definitely is like a huge you know um inspiration in into my music and um just influence so just and the fact that honey jam had that as a core Mm -hmm. hip-hop as a core it's great to be here in in the stage and um and to be performing yeah and i like that i was the different i felt that Especially with the audition too, I uh, I was coming in and everyone that was uh, auditioning before me, they were all singing, they had their guitars, and I'm like, oh no, <laughs> like, I don't know, like. But I, I was like, I'm gonna do it. I don't care. Like this is what this is my craft, and you know I want to show it down. She shut it down. It. Shut yeah. it down.
0: and and even with the audition process, right? Like, how many people? And this is a question part, for partially for you, Ebony, mm-hmm. and then also for you, Vila. Okay, with the audition process, how many people are in the audition period, Ebony? Like how many people usually submit? It
1: varies every year. And to be honest, since shows, reality shows like American Idol, Canada's Got Talent, those types of shows Mm -hmm. where people can become famous even from doing a poor performance, I find that less people uh, come out to audition. Mm -hmm. But we only need. 15 to 20 for the concert, right? So that's never been an issue. But we used to have hundreds and hundreds of people lined up around the corner. Um, So, but that's fine. We get enough and they're quality artists and we're happy for the people that are excited about it from across the country. If they can't make the live auditions, they can submit online. Mm -hmm. And uh, we always get a good group and it's always very... Hard to narrow
0: it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do me one quick favor before I, I um spin the question to you, Vila. Um, Ebony, can you just turn the mic up towards you a little bit? Like are. this? Yeah, perfect Okay. Perfect. And is it Villa or Vila?
2: A uh, Villa. 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 Yes.
1: Dilla like Dilla like Killa. yes okay.
0: My bad. <laughs> no, so, that's okay. So, Villa, with you, the audition process, right? Yes. Um, what's your mind state like going into an audition for something like a legacy like Honey Jam? Like, what are you doing to
2: mentally prepare yourself? Well, the way actually how I got introduced to Honey Jam was actually from a DJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the D, uh, a DJ that I uh, had worked with uh, doing a live performance, and he he told me he said, "Have you are you going to have you heard of Honey Jam?" Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, "The auditions are you know you should sign up. I think they're starting right now." And then it turns out it was actually. That Sunday, it was the cutoff of when to actually audition. So I, I did it right away. And um, going into that process, I I was like, I need to I need to stand out, even with my outfit too. Mm-hmm. I had a whole colorful jumpsuit, and you know, I wanted to also show a little bit of hip hop to my side, even when you see me right on the stage. Um, but. There, yeah i was about maybe like twenty four but there were still other people behind me too mm-hmm. so there was still a good amount of uh girls that were there and some had their guitars some had you know there was a lot of talent for sure so it was it was honestly overall like great experience and just coming in it like the atmosphere the environment we were all engaging too we all met i was meeting some of the girls got got their Instagrams mm-hmm. and um, some of them I already had met from the actual honey jam and then uh, getting a lot closer now and actually building these relationships.
0: Yeah, yeah, I don't
2: think she had a lot of time to
1: prepare because she found out about it so late.
2: <laughs> that too. <laughs> but I find because um, prior to honey jam, the honey jam audition, I was doing a lot of live performances mm-hmm. um, on myself and um and with a group that I'm with, uh, they're NLMG, but we've been very consistent with live performances. So by the time the audition came, I was like, oh yeah, I'm yeah. ready. Like, this is something I need. And I already memorized it. And I like doing my audition as well, um, instrumental. Mm-hmm. I like having it instrumental so that, w- that way you hear my raw voice. Yes. yes, That was something I'm especially really about, especially that it is a live performance. So yeah. uh, live audition as well. So I wanted to really show that. Yeah,
1: And I tell the artist, you have to be ready all the time. mm -hmm. So it shouldn't even be a whole lot of preparation. You should just be, if anyone, if you're just walking down the street and someone says, can you spit? You should have something ready to go just like that.
0: um, There's a saying that people say, always be prepared for the Super Bowl, right? Mm -hmm. Or or stay ready so you don't have to get ready. right?" Um, Also with Ebony, Mm -hmm. I want to go back a little bit. Tell me about FemFat and starting that company.
1: So first of all, FemFat is like femme fatale.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, And I was running a mentor program called Each One Teach One Mm -hmm. and hanging out with teenagers who were all listening to gangster rap at the time. This was the early 90s. And so my female mentees would tell them that they're Five year old brothers were calling them the B word and the H word. And they don't even know what it is, but they're hearing it on hip hop radio, which was like at noon for a few hours. And it was kind of the wild, wild west. You didn't, there was no restrictions. You didn't have to have clean versions. So they told me this and how it was affecting how they were then being treated because of how women were denigrated in some of the lyrics. So I spoke to one of the biggest hip hop DJs at the biggest show, uh, DJ X on CKLN. Jeez. And I said, these are some unintended consequences of playing the music without the clean version in the middle of the day. And there's some young ears that are listening to it. And he said, wow, I never thought about that. He why don't you come on my show and talk about it? I said, okay. He goes, well, I'll just give you the whole three-hour show. You produce it. So meanwhile, I'm working full-time as a legal assistant. I'm running this mentor program, and this man is giving me an opportunity to do something that I have no idea how to do. But uh, I was a disciple of Malcolm X, and he says, if you see a problem, the same time you're pointing your finger at someone else, take a look in the mirror and ask what you're doing to be a part of the solution. So if you're one of those people to with all the rah rah, you better um, you know have some integrity when you're given an opportunity to affect change, and you just figure it out. So that's what I did. I took over the show, uh, motion, and um, I'm a big C. John Bronski, a whole bunch of us worked on that show, mm-hmm. and listening was Mike Check Magazine.
0: Yeah. And
1: they said, we want you to edit an all-female issue of our magazine. Okay. so <laughs> again, something I'd never done. Mm-hmm. Anyway, long story short, we did the magazine and we wanted to have a rap party to celebrate it. We called the party Honey Jam. That's all that Honey Jam was supposed to have been, a celebration of the magazine. And we featured some of the artists, some of the rappers and DJs.
0: And stop and- for one second. My, my, my bad. It was only supposed to just be a one-off thing.
1: Yes. (laughs) There was no long range plan.
0: That's funny. So
1: then at the end, people were like, oh my gosh, when's the next one? This was so amazing. I'm like, next one? I'm going back to the office tomorrow (laughs) and I'm doing the mentor program. This is not what I do. What are you talking about? But for the women, like there was no platform for them to feel comfortable, to feel safe, to feel supported. So when I got up the next morning, I thought, eh, okay, let me just do it for a year and see how it goes. And here we are 27 years later.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and even this year with, um, and it's on the 18th that the, 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 the main The 18th stuff, of August at right? the Alma Combo. There's like a, um, a different component that you have going on with it this year as well, or maybe over the last few years. Can you like tell the people about the rollout this year and the online component?
1: Oh, well, that's because of COVID. Mm. Um, So we had our 25th anniversary in 2020. Mm -hmm. And I have kind of a don't back down personality. Mm -hmm. And there was no way for our 25th anniversary I was going to roll over for COVID. We were going to do it somehow, some way, and it was still going to be special. So we went to the legendary Alma combo that just had a multimillion dollar reno, mm-hmm. amazing sound, light, stage, visuals. Um, so we did it there and we did a free live stream and it turned out to be amazing. So we didn't have a choice because you couldn't have an audience. Yeah,
0: I couldn't get and together. then the
1: same thing happened last year. So this is the first time in three years that we're able to finally have a live audience. The benefit though of the live stream was that anyone anywhere in the world could tune in in real time, which was great in terms of exposure for the artist and then just creating a social media energy. Right. Yeah. So we would talk to the people at home from the stage. We would tell them to dance and sing along and send us clips and tag us. So it was a lot of fun and it expanded our community. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll probably, you know, always do it. And then for people who uh, might've been around in the early days of Honey Jam and now full into adulthood and have kids and stuff, it's harder for them to be able to leave the house, more of an ordeal and yeah. expense if they live outside of the city. So they were really
0: grateful to be able to just sit at home and tune in. Be able to tap in. And- you've had um a multitude of huge artists that have passed through the Honey Jam and and been on the Honey Jam stage right like I'm looking at some of the names that have been on the stage like Jesse Reyes Melanie Fiona um Marsha Ambrosia. Oh, those aren't people. Those
1: are people who have come and spoken to us,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, not people who have been on the stage. So Melanie Fiona is definitely a Honey Jam alum. Yeah. But the other people in our um, press kit that are listed there have come and and spoken to the young artists. What about Erica Badu? She, we went to, um, we took a bunch of artists to hear her talk. Mm. So we do artist talks with established artists where they talk about their journey in the yeah. industry.
0: So how did y'all start developing that part of it from it just being a show that was just supposed to be a, Hey, let's just do a, a little wrap up show. Yes. And it developed into like workshops and, you know, getting to, to meet like huge stars and hear, hear them speak and stuff like that. Like yeah. where did that come in? So, I need to
1: be inspired and motivated. Mm. Um, and I want to always see elevation and growth. So it kind of happened organically. But I can tell you the pivotal moment where the workshop idea started. Mm-hmm. I am the mama bear. So I'm standing and I'm watching the concert, and I'll see the artist. This is the early 90s when we started mm-hmm. coming down from the stage. And then I see the wolves go swoop and start with the, ooh, baby, I can make you a star. Just come by the studio around midnight and just sit here on the casting couch and all of that. Yep. And I was a bit horrified. And this is before the internet. So you can't really do like Googling people and find out who's for real and getting knowledge that way. And so we started, what uh, we call it the woman in urban music Seminar. And so all of the panelists were women. We wanted to remove any ulterior motive. So the people that are giving you knowledge are doing it because they want you to win Mm -hmm. and they want to, you know, share with you the cautionary tales, the things you need to look out for, and give you the information that you need. So you're not wondering what's going on and, you know, you're not the deer in the headlights. And that you have a layer of protection around you. People who you can go to for advice that don't want anything from Mm -hmm. you. So that's how that started. Um, And then it just grew from there. um, When we started getting more financial support, because I just used to fund it for like maybe the first 10 or 15 years, Mm -hmm. we didn't have any um, sponsorship. So once sponsorship came and then also some people were willing to do it for free because they wish there was something like this when they were coming up yeah. and because we're a nonprofit. So many, many, many hundreds of people donated their time um, to, to help and to be of service to the next generation. So we're very, very grateful for that.
0: That's dope. That's dope. And, and Villa how does it feel being a filipino rapper because i know it's it's a unique thing right Uh, what was that filipina yes i am right is there a different kind of struggle in the rap game being a filipino rapper
2: um i definitely say uh it's different Mm -hmm. uh i i not a lot of them i never heard like a bunch of
0: filipino rappers and
2: um we definitely in our culture we definitely grew up with karaoke. So that was huge in our, in our family. So, uh, we were always singing and I was always singing in front of family or just strangers. So it was always that push of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I was getting into the rap, I remember telling my parents about it and, uh, I just wanted to make sure like they, they had, they, they knew what I was doing. Yeah. Um, but it came to a point where my dad was listening and he's like, wow, like, he he was really into the music. He liked my lyrics. He he was smiling. He had this big smile that he had when when I would be singing karaoke. So mm-hmm. um it definitely was I felt like it was a little bit different because again, there's not many Filipino rappers and yeah. I wanna be that I wanna be that one that kind of comes out and makes a change a little bit in the scene. And um especially for being a female artist yeah. um and a Filipino rapper too. That it it there's a lot of uh, curiosity to it, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I feel like people are gonna get hooked and they they want to know more.
0: I was looking at a list of some of the um, people that you're influenced by, right? Like, yes. Um, Missy Elliott. Yes. Nas. Yes. Lauren Hill. Freddie Mercury.
2: I can explain that. <laughs> I, I know it, it jumps from th- that to that. Um, so. I, I'm really inspired by Freddie Mercury by his stage presence, mm-hmm. the way how he moves a crowd. And because I am that tiny but mighty villa, um, I really liked how he moved the crowd with just like his, his Band-Aid concert was crazy. He was yeah. like, hey, oh, hey, oh, <laughs> From looking at that, I was like, wow, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. I want to be that person that can move a crowd, that can make a crowd sing just by this tiny little, you know, little uh, girl here. Um, But that also it just there's a lot of energy into that, that. I would love to experience. And I've already started to experience that energy feel uh, within the crowd and me engaging. And Mm I, I will start to learn a lot more with how to engage with the crowd and and to see whether or not if someone is rocking with it or not, or, or do I need to start uplifting it or something? But, um, but yeah, that, uh, for him, for, uh, the influence is definitely by his stage presence Mm -hmm. and just how he can rock a crowd.
0: No, that's dope that's Yes dope. And, and with you Ebony Like You know You, you have Yeah I could rock a crowd too You could rock a crowd <laughs> oh, You know Before I get to my question I, I know everybody From the behind the scenes stuff The producers The DJs The podcasters We all got a few bars In our pocket somewhere You got some uh, bars somewhere That you used to rap Ebony Before you got into the whole organizing jams and stuff like that, you know you had a few bars Listen, I am so grateful that there was no YouTube,
1: no smartphones, (laughs) because once upon a time, I had some drinks. And some stuff happened on stage, and the footage is in an undisclosed location. And that's all I'm going to say about that.
0: (laughs) Okay, but that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking if you have, like, if, because you never, like, recorded or said, you know, I want to be a rapper and then just switch to dream. I just told you something <laughs> happened on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: talking about spitting bars at a honey jam. You got to And we'll that. leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> got to
0: release that, that secret dream <laughs> right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you expanded, right? Mm-hmm. We, you expanded the honey jam over the years, and I'm there looking at some footage. And we were speaking behind the scene about you know us us being Bajans and things. Yes, right. Um,
1: Motion is beijing too.
0: Why? See that? Yes, we everywhere. How you mean? <laughs> <laughs> you ever come across Riri?
1: Interesting you should say that because I got her her very first magazine cover for a Barbados magazine the first year that she came out. And then I met her at that time and we got to present her with the magazine. Mm -hmm. She was 17. Wow. I think she's 34 or something now, Mm -hmm. 33-ish. So, yeah, that was a while ago. I did get to meet her just that one time.
0: Yeah. And and it's interesting because I asked that because... Y'all did like a Honey Jam Barbados.
1: Yes. I was like, holy. Yeah. ASAP is Bajan too.
0: He is? Yes. Yo, that's so. (laughs) We're everywhere. Yeah. Yo, that's so. Tell me about that. Like the Honey Jam Barbados, I'm sure that wasn't an easy undertaking right there.
1: No, nothing is easy, period. Mm -hmm. And then um, starting something new in another culture. Um, that more embraces soca and reggae. And for me, the Honey Jam brand is all genres. So wherever I might take it in the world, I want it to be true to the brand. So I wasn't sure how it would be received, but they loved it from day one, from day one. And I had always wanted to have that get with Riri, you know, but the bigger and bigger and bigger, you know, the layers form around uh, people in terms of accessibility. Yeah. But again, I'm not a give up person. So when the time is right,
0: it will happen. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and I think the pieces are aligning because the fact that there's Honey Jam over here in Canada, mm-hmm. right? It's founded over here in Canada. It's expanded to Barbados and who knows where else next, right? Yeah. Um. And then her first connections are actually from here in Canada. Like the, the, the video, the Ponder Replay video was yes, filmed over Director here. Director X. No? Right? So- We claim
1: Director X as a Honey Jam alum, by the way. Yeah, I've seen he him did in some, some old of our, footage too. Yeah, he did some of our early flyers. Okay. I met him when he was 17 and I was doing the Each One Teach One program. Mm-hmm. And he used to do our youth days um, and moderate those with the other teens at the time. So, yeah, we have a kind of 30 year bond and uh, he's amazing. He never, he never, you know, he's like internationally known now. He is legend and icon status now, but he will still be an audition judge on a Sunday afternoon yeah. <laughs> for Honey Jam,
0: you know? So, yeah. no Salute to X. And with um, the years of Honey Jam that have, that have happened, right? Can I get one of the most two-part questions? One of the most exciting, like one of the most proudest moments that you've had at Honey Jam and then one of the most difficult Honey Jam that you can remember to date. Like, this is, I wish this night would be over right now. Like, I love what I'm doing, but like this, <laughs> there's way too many things going wrong right now. <laughs> so we'll, let's start with the bad one first and then we'll, and then we'll end with the good. The bad
1: one is very easy. 2003. So one of the things I, many things I insist upon is starting on time because I like to smash stereotypes and the stereotype about black people is that they're always late and disorganized and blah, blah, blah. BBT. So I'm trying to smash that. So we have a record that every single thing has been on time. You can count on truth in advertising. If the flyer says eight o'clock, it's not 10 o'clock, right? So I am at home, I'm getting ready to go down for sound check. I get a call saying, oh, the power's, power's gone off. And I'll probably be back in just a few minutes because sometimes you get power outages like that. Mm-hmm. But no, it was across North America the infamous shutdown and the blackout yeah. the blackout the blackout so i couldn't get on the subway none of the street lights were working i walked to the venue still in my mind thinking it's just going to be an hour or two this is the day of the show and then when i got to the venue nobody would come and talk to me because they were just nervous about what my reaction would be. And uh, yeah, I would say that was definitely a trying thing. Uh, People had been flown in from other parts of the country. People were flying in from the States to check out some of the artists. And you can't email people because there's no no way to reach people. It was crazy. So this was on a Thursday night, and then we wound up being able to do it that weekend. But people were told to stay home because of the rolling blackouts, mm-hmm. right? Like, it was partially on, partially out. Anyway, that was one of the most stressful honey jams that I am still recovering from. <laughs> that
0: sounds like a yes. nightmare. Yeah. And then the most proudest moment where you're like, I'm doing this shit, you know? like Look, look at the stage. Like, wow. I think
1: the very first moment like that was in the early days. I think it would have been 96 or 97 when we were at Lee's Palace and uh, Jonathan Ramos was doing something called Hip Hop Sundays. Ooh, the Jonathan Ramos? And he invited us to do Honey Jam at Hip Hop Sundays. So before that, we'd only done it in a tiny space that holds 100 people. And here we had 700 people. Right. And so the proud moment was seeing the response from these hardcore heads mm. that were just vibing. They could not believe how these women could spit. It was the first time many of them saw Tara Chase.
0: Salute to Tara. And
1: then for, for the end, we have the freestyle, the legendary Honey Jam freestyle finale, which went on longer than the show. So all of the women were on stage. And I think that's when I saw how much it meant to them, you know, because they weren't like the girlfriend waiting backstage for their man. They were the act Mm. on stage, owning their space, their power, their skills. And if you look at the footage, because I've got some footage of that and you just can't help but have a huge smile on your face, you know? Mm. And so I remember Motion 2, she was like singing It's Ladies Night and the men were just howling for us and just everybody was one community. Mm. So that was a a great defining moment to know you are doing something that has purpose and that means something to people, you know? And I'm proud every time I see, if I go on Instagram and I'll see just all of the accomplishments, you know, Kavaya Mighty, getting the Juno, yeah. the first one of the night and just breaking down barriers, things that we were barely even dreaming of almost 30 years ago when we started. And to see the things coming to fruition um, is very satisfying. Very satisfying.
0: Oh, that's that's beautiful. And can you? And this is a question for both of y'all, right? Can you all talk about the importance of creating a safe space? So for you, Ebony, like having this organization, this that can create a safe space for women, and then for you, Villa, um, a place that you can go to, yeah. right? Honey Jam, and as well as this, like finding a safe space for women to be able to be creative and not have any worries type of thing. Like, so let's, let's start with, let's start with you. And then like about this, finding a safe space, like honey jam, like what did that mean to you?
2: It meant a lot. Like I'm even getting chills because we all know that the music industry can be a male dominated or like the hip hop industry, for instance, um, Especially for me, I'm I want to be I want to be known as a rapper in a way, too. So um, the fact that I'm even here with Ebony, you know, it's it's I still feel very safe. I feel this great energy and, you know, she is very supportive of that. And yeah, it means a lot Um, just because. You know, there could be, there, I, I, there could be some situations that could happen that I'm like, Oh, I don't know what to do. And, you know, the fact that I have Honey Jam and just the Honey, like the Honey Jam fam, you know, to go to that mm. it, it brings a lot of like safe space in my heart. And especially that it, with my emotions, I, I'm free to express myself. That there's no limitation and there's no barriers or eggshells I have to walk over, you know, um, because I've already been with a bunch of guys performing and, you know, it's still different. You know, I I still am that only female artist. And the fact that whenever I am here with Honey Jam and with the fam, um, great energy, you know, females empowering other females. That's what we love to see. Mm -hmm. And Like that's something that we need to keep building. And especially with all the artists, like the talent we have here in the city, um, it's should It's a no brainer. And I'm so glad that there is a honey jam that is specifically for the female artists. And that was something that I was able to step up and, you know, actually look at that and be like, wow, this is a great opportunity. I need to jump in on it and um, just go for it. But, Yeah, it was definitely, I'm very happy, very, very happy and I feel safe.
0: Nice, nice. And with you, Ebony, like the importance of creating that space, because I know even from like my experiences being a manager and even watching some of the footage of you talking about how a lot of times women, they get put in situations where the guy says he has one intention, but it never really be that. So that a safe space needs to be created so that women can like you know. Okay, you know what? I'm not going to have some guys who give me false promises and stuff like that. So, can you tell me Can you talk to us about the importance of that from you from the creator standpoint? So, the first year that we started, uh, someone
1: in the media said to me, "What are your hopes and dreams, and what do you consider?" would be a success. What to you would be a success. Mm-hmm. And I said, success to me would be when we no longer need to exist because we would be in that benevolent, equitable society where it's a meritocracy and you're not having all of those isms, sexism, racism, ableism, etc. So that's the utopian dream. Um, and so I still uh, want to see that happen. And one of the things that is very sad to me is that we're still far from it. And Jesse uh, Reyes did a kind of a movie video for a song called Gatekeeper. Mm. And I remember watching that and just crying that, to see that that is still going on and that women are still being placed in these unsafe um, situations, and that sometimes other women are complicit in allowing these things to take place. So take the whole R. Kelly situation, right? There were women that were assisting him in being a pedophile and a predator with these young girls that just wanted to sing. So we often have these discussions with... Mm -hmm the artists about how to protect yourself from these things happening um, and to just be smart about how they move in the world. So for me, even almost 30 years ago, I remember being at a hip hop conference in Atlanta and a lot of people had suites and were taking meetings in their suite. Mm -hmm. And so a famous hip hop, DJ said, come and meet me for the breakfast meeting, blah, blah. Sure. Went there, opened the door. He's in his robe. I'm out. See you at the workshop. Yeah. End of story. You know, people would say, oh, why don't you come um, meet me at the studio around midnight or I'll swing by your place. No.
0: Yeah. We'll
1: meet for breakfast, lunch, public place that has an end time. I don't want you to know where I live. You teach people how to treat you and you have to own your power. And sometimes people will make you think that they can blacklist you, that they can control your opportunities, that if you don't um, do what they want, that you're never going to succeed. And sometimes women who are insecure get caught up in that and they compromise themselves when you never, ever should. You never, ever have to. There's always another opportunity. So it's very important to me to spread that message and also to talk to men mm. about being allies and about if they see something, say something. If they see their boys doing that stuff because it's never going to change if men don't start checking other men. Yeah. Right. But I, I encourage women to not be victims. Don't let it happen to you and do everything you can to not create a situation where you might
0: be in an unsafe space. That's real. That's real. Do you think that do you think it's, women have a harder time gaining support in the, in the game? And this is a question for both of y'all, right? Do you think that women have a harder time getting support when it comes to the music game or entertainment period? I think it depends on what the game
1: is, you know, and then who the woman is. Who are her connections? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: What are her qualifications? What are her goals? How is she coming across? What energy is she putting out? you know, to then determine, like I said, you teach people how to treat you. So you create boundaries, you claim your space and you make the decisions about what you want and the trajectory of how you're going to get there.
0: And what about you, Bill? How do you feel about that? Like with women getting support, like having a harder time getting support in the game
2: yeah um I mean I feel even just starting or just getting in the ball rolling, I feel that I do have to work a little bit more i I do have to work like i i myself i'm I'm a hard worker i I need to be working ten times harder than the rest of the the guys or you know uh just so I can stand out and but i i I feel again with like my values and and making sure that I'm good at the end of the day with whatever i'm doing um the fact that I'm also a part of this uh, group collective, it's all guys, but I'm the only girl. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've shown a lot of power in that group where they definitely raise me as a queen yeah. and they definitely protect me in a sense of, they make sure I'm not alone. And for instance, it actually happened uh, two days ago. We opened, we opened for Roni. Um, I just in, finished
0: interviewing Roni. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I saw
2: that. Um We opened for him in Hamilton and yeah, we were there and, uh, the guys just never left me alone or when some of them would leave, there's always one person there with me. And Mm -hmm. I, they would make sure to see, uh, that they would see me and, you know, it, it really validated a lot where I was like, wow. Okay. Like I can see what they're doing. So I, it, because we're even talking about this, it, it happened like not too long ago. So that's why I'm like, wow, um, It's the right people that you got. You got to surround yourself with the right people. And yeah, um, yeah, like who your connections are, but especially, yes, like the closest people that you're around, they need to also make sure that you're good. And yeah, definitely. A a couple of things I'd like to say.
1: So there are things that women have to deal with that a lot of male artists don't. So there's so much focus on appearance, Hmm. right? Like, nobody ever told Biggie that he needed to lose weight. Ever. (laughs) Okay? Um, But the aesthetic for women is something that's always talked about and the pressure being put on them to be able to be what the beauty standard is that I don't see um, placed on men. Mm -hmm. Another thing is sometimes women are seen... Like your a label might say, We already have a female rapper. They'll never say that. They could have five successful male rappers and another one come along. They're never gonna say, We already have successful male rappers, yeah. ever. Right? So it's That's almost true. like they're doing some kind of a favor like a token. to have a female hip hop artist or mm-hmm. even any artist. Um, that there can only be one at a time, Yeah, you know, I remember when Sarah McLaughlin started Lilith Fair, which was all female. And she was told by nobody wanted to book the festival because they said, no one's going to come. Nobody wants to see more than one female act. Can you imagine this was actually said to her or radio stations would be like, oh, we already have a female country artist. We're not adding another one to the playlist. Wow. And she just blew that whole thing away, you know? But I, I don't believe in victimization. And so, yes, here's an obstacle. Boop. You just keep um, kicking, yeah. keep moving, keep pushing it down, keep finding a way in, around, under, through. Either you want something or you don't want it. Mm -hmm. No excuses. Imagine what people had to deal with 50 years ago. You know, we Mm -hmm. have it so much better and they were able to still make it through. So we can't be soft and wait for somebody to do the right thing. You know, we have to use our power, use our voice Mm -hmm. and get it done by any necessary means.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's straight up. What about consistency? I complain a lot, like on my podcast. I can't say a lot, sometimes, okay? Because I feel that sometimes women rappers have a consistency issue. It might've been, some of those might've been explained right now in our conversation that we've been having. But like, I'll see guys drop like eight videos sometimes in like a month, it feels like, And I'm like, there's some women out here who are super talented, yet not as consistent. Is this just me seeing this or is this a a thing?
1: They might not have the hookups. It's a boy's club, right? And so their boy might have gone to school and knows how to do videos and is going to do the video for them for Mm. free or for the credits or for their bio or whatever. You know, it's a very cliquey type of thing. Yeah. And the women might not have that. Right. Their friends might not be into that side of it where they could
0: assist in doing that. You know? Yeah. What what do you think, Villa? Do you think there's a consistency problem when it comes to women in rap?
2: I feel that. And
1: do you mean the underground coming up? Yeah. like Or are you talking about Nicki Minaj?
0: Like, who are you talking about? I'm talking about like on the way up, right? Okay. Like, from what we cover, we cover so many underground rappers or so many rappers who haven't, you know, they're, they're known in the city or getting a little bit known in the city, but mm-hmm. they haven't really broken that ceiling yet. Right. But in, in order to break that ceiling, you got to keep on hitting at it. Right. So I'm like, come on, I want more. You know what I mean? Like, why? Why did that happen?
2: I feel maybe maybe we, we just ha- we deal with other issues that are along our journey and uh, I mean for myself I, yeah. I still have my family, my friends and I I still want to juggle that and um, I also want to get to a point where again consistency is key and I want to do what the guys are doing and they're dropping a song and then a music video and this but also I I'm also in a way I'm building my kind of team too and I'm still also finding those people like I yeah. know a lot of the guys They know, they know someone that knows someone or they know their friend that is this. But I always feel whenever, sometimes I feel if I'm in a room with guys and I try to say something, I might not, I might not get that kind of, you know, that quick reaction or quick connection that I, you know, and it, it, just because I, I feel like because I'm a female, they may not take me serious. But again, I would like to change that. And or I maybe have to prove myself in a way, like maybe I have to perform in front of them just to see that they're like, oh, wow, maybe I should work with her. Yeah. But I, I do get that feeling of, oh, if I try to connect with someone, maybe they might not want to vibe with me or something. Yeah. But again, I would I would also try and branch off and try to, again, find a videographer and photographer and yeah. all of that producer. Yeah. Um, but finances is a finances, real struggle. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: a lot of the guy clicks, you know, their friend is a producer and their friend also can do a video for them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's tens of thousands of dollars and that, they don't are, that are being saved.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. So it's just access. Yeah. Right. But I, I still don't think any anyone should be um, deterred. So if you don't have that in your click, go to Ryerson and find out somebody there who's in the arts, who that's what they're studying to do, and maybe they can do it as a project. Mm-hmm. Like there's always a way. You know, and think about Spike Lee and his first um, film that he did on a credit
0: card. Yeah, she's got it. Yeah. yeah.
1: Like you just have to have that drive. You know, just don't compromise yourself. Don't compromise your integrity because it is going to come back to bite you. So, and reach out. Sometimes yeah. people have a hard time reaching out because they want to. They want to give the perception that they're balling out of control mm-hmm. and it's all happening for them, just yeah. smooth like butter. And they don't want to reach out and say, "I actually need some help." Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, yeah. you know, we just have to be real. Be real with what your actual situation is, and don't be afraid. don't be afraid to reach
0: out. Yeah, no i I think like in this conversation here we're we're learning a lot, and even with this um, last question here, you made up you made some real great points, like I never really thought about that. Like you can go into different members of like a guy's crew, and we're all kind of into the stuff, right? So like, yeah, yeah, I shoot videos, oh, yeah, yeah. But, and, and not to be, not to stereotype or anything, but like a clique of girls, they're not like a videographer sitting there in the clique mm. and a, a producer who's sitting there in the clique. Like, it's not the same thing. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's more unique when, like, there's, oh, I rap and then the rest of your girls don't rap too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not like five rappers in the crew. Like, I've yeah. never seen that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's the one girl in the crew who raps. And the rest of the girl, they they support, but yeah. like, they're not like in the industry or in into it like that. Like,
1: yeah, yeah that no, makes a difference. A
0: great point. Holy shit! Listen, I I really enjoyed having this conversation here. And before we end it, I want to know, even with the honey jam here, what can we look to expect for this year's honey jam? Um, and and for the people who've already seen the honey jam, who are watching this after what kind of feelings should they have um, gotten from this honey jam this, this year coming up?
1: Well, I think we deliver the same thing consistently mm-hmm. <laughs> every year, which is an amazing live experience, live music, all different genres of music, different cultures of women, a kick-ass live band Mm. and it's not even really something you that I feel I can describe. Um, But yeah, I think they should feel inspired, excited to support and be part of the fan base of a new crew of artists and uh, for the artists coming up to see, this amazing platform that they might be able to be a part of one day. You know, it's a, it's a sisterhood. It's kind of a sorority. The honey jam fam is a forever, forever thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you saw uh, Nellie Furtado on the OVO stage. I, I was there. I, I yeah. That. So it, she did the concert in 1997 Yeah, and all of these years later, over 20 years. She said feels like honey jam all over again. Yeah. She was on the bill, Julie Black, Missy Me, Melanie Durant, all honey jam alums. Mm-hmm. It's the never-ending story.
0: Yeah. No, that's dope. <laughs> and and would you, Billa, I want you to first shout out your group because you name you you acronym them in like <laughs> you're like bah, bah, dee, dee, dee. <laughs> and i <I'm> like, <laughs> oh yeah Okay. <laughs> so shout them out proper oh. so they think you get them yes. out here.
2: Shout out to New Legends Music Group. That's NLMG. Okay. Yeah, and we've been very. Con- yeah, that that definitely shout them out for yeah. sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and what can what can we expect from you coming up in the, in the, in the future?
2: Well, definitely I, because because of this whole live audition. This is going to be the biggest stage I've ever going to be on. So and I'm not gonna, going to be on not, so go, far. So far.
1: Cause you're going to do arenas in the future.
2: I would love to aim for that. And I'm going to work hard and be consistent and find those skills to work along that. But expecting stuff from me is you're going to get that surprise. Mm. There's a element of surprise that I bring that again, maybe you might not pinpoint it yet, but you will keep wanting more.
0: Okay, okay. Should we have her give a little tease? Oh, I don't mind. Can can
2: we get a little song song? Yeah, sure. If you, yeah, sure. <laughs> Let's go. Okay. Um, Flip a coin that's 50-50 Are you with me? Two faces got the ugly and the pretty Sit with me I'll take you for a ride in my city I'ma show you what I'm worth Yeah, I'll show you that I'm strictly Strictly to business Don't need a witness Yeah, building bridges Becoming fearless I'm so ambitious Clearing stitches I got from bitches Who say they misses. They kissing at my feet Yeah, they asking for forgiveness mm-hmm. Okay, okay <laughs> I like the cadence too. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. Nice.
0: Nice. Listen, this is a very, very insightful conversation and and you know, joyful conversation for me here. You know what I'm saying? I feel like we got a lot of jewels and the audience can can go home with something after listening to or watching yeah. this interview right here. Um, give the people um anywhere where you need them to find y'all information-wise, all that good stuff. Let, let's start with you, Ebony.
1: Okay. So first I want to say, I'm not wearing these glasses because I think I'm too cool for school. <laughs> I'm just tired. <laughs> so You're working. yes, working really hard and it's showing. <laughs> um, so please uh, follow us at the honey jam on Instagram and, uh, Hey, that's a bar right there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Still rapping.
1: And then our um, website is honeyjam.com. So check us out, follow us, check our stories, check our highlights where you can see uh, clips from different things that we've done. Mm-hmm. And
0: um, yeah, stay tuned. So what about you, Villa? Where can they find you?
2: Um, my Instagram is villa.music and that's V-I-L-L-A-H dot music. Dope, and then dope, our the other artist collective page is uh, New Legends Music Group underscore, and we have a NLMG promo that also ties in with it. But but mine is Villa dot music. Dope,
0: dope, 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 dope. <laughs> yeah. Honey Jam, Ebony Row, Villa in the building. I need y'all to make sure to hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, share this across all your socials. Let the people know, say, that we're dropping gems over here at the We Love Hip Hop Network and we're off this. Yes!
2: <laughs> yes. We Love Hip Hop.